Thank you so much for listening to this podcast. We love doing it. My name is Seth. His name is Dave. We are doing this weekly since the beginning of the Israeli-Hamas war. Right now, there are signs of hope. There is more destruction. We're not going to deny any of that. And we're also not going to say exactly what the status is of everything, because by the time we're finished with this recording, it may have changed. So all we can say is we are hopeful. Uh, If you're superstitious, we're biting the tongue, we're crossing the fingers, the whole thing. But progress is what we hope to talk about next week on the show. Still, you brought yourself a special guest with us today. Today, as our special guest, we have someone who I connected with when anti-Semitism was rearing its ugly head a few years back. Sahi Shemesh is the founder and chief instructor of a school of Krav Maga in Manhattan, Krav Maga experts. He is also Israeli and has a lot to say about what we Jews are facing right now and is really an example of a way that we can approach it. For those of you who don't know, please explain, what is Chag Maga? Krav Maga is a martial arts system used by Israelis that is very different from the systems to which we are accustomed. It literally means close touch. And there's a lot more to learn that we will soon learn from Sahi. We really, really appreciate it. Thank you so much for coming on our podcast. It's so good to see you again. It, we first connected... I think right before COVID hit, when there was some anti-Semitism going on, yeah, and we thought it might be good for our people to learn some self-defense and also to have that connection with Israel. And my in-laws live half a block away from your school in the city, so I was familiar and reached out. And fortunately, we've gotten to see each other again and again. Unfortunately, a lot of the time, or all the times we've brought you to B'nai Abraham, it's because we felt the need and people really have felt that need to be able to learn from you. So to start off, can you teach us a little bit about Krav Maga? What is it exactly? Oh, I have so many answers uh, to uh, this. Uh... Well, we're limiting this to 30 minutes. So ready, set, <laughs> go. <Yeah. laughs> So first, I want to say uh, thanks again for uh, for having me on the show, and I really appreciate uh, any contact we we've had. Um, it's always been a pleasure, um, and unfortunately, again, always been in in bad circumstances. The thing is that before I explain about Krav Maga, when now that I'm looking back at 2019 and and the oldest time that I came to visit you guys in Jersey, I accepted anti-Semitism as a fact. It was like, okay, I mean, you know, sometimes it's where it heads and, you know, it's minority, but it's there. And and that's it. And like, I didn't think about like fighting it. It's like, it, it, the idea exhausted me. Um, and I didn't think there's enough people that, that I should be concerned. Um, but now we're seeing that it's rearing its head with almost with pride. And the the new generation that is so uninformed and misinformed at once and speak about the problem in Israel with so much conviction as if they know what they're talking about and they're yelling it as if they're right. 
listening if they if I yell it louder, I'll be more right. And they are convincing people that are uninformed or misinformed and sharing a lot of propaganda. And this is very concerning. So now I'll go back to why Krav Maga has started. It was about 90 years ago that Jewish people in Europe suffered from anti-Semitic attacks. And the founder of Krav Maga, Emil Lichtenfeld, um, I'm telling you the story in short, uh, was a, a trained fighter in uh, wrestling and boxing, realized that as good as he is and what he does, it has to meet reality. Reality has no rules. In reality, there are multiple attackers. In reality, there are no refs. And there's no tap outs. And um, weapons can be involved. And people are looking to kill you rather than knock you out or you know win some points. And he had to come up with a system that will be based on natural instincts and easy to teach. Obviously, now that we're you know, looking back, we're seeing it in uh, 2020 in hindsight, like what he did. But I don't think all those principles are super, super clear. It just the intent was to meet reality. Um, and then slowly, he built Krav Maga that, and trained the, the Jewish community in Bratislava. And, uh, you know, he moved to Israel. It, he taught the Haganah and then that turned into IDF. And he was the head of the end-to-end combat in the IDF. Um, until he started teaching civilians a few decades later. So some of these civilians are my instructors. So I feel the inheritance. And now more than ever before, I can tell you that I realize that everything that I am and everything that I know is a result of the 1930s. Because I define myself to a Krav Maga. This is me. This is how I am. This is who I am. This is my DNA. Uh, how did you get into the study of Krav Maga? Is it something that every IDF soldier is taught? Um, so I, I always get this question. Krav Maga um, was the only thing that was offered where I used to live. I used to live in a very small place uh, where my parents still live there. And Back in the day, it was only 80 families lived there. And luckily, some of the original guys have been living there and um, teaching, you know, after-school program. It was the only after-school program available. Um, so I started that when I was six. Um, and fortunately, and it's a, a good opportunity to also say thank you to this man that that passed away a, a couple of weeks ago, sadly. Sorry. Um, one of my very first instructors and my neighbor um, who became a dear friend of mine. Mm -hmm. um, he, uh, yeah, he passed away just, just now. Um, but those are the very original people who trained uh, Krav Maga and, you know, were responsible for passing it on to the new generation, spreading it around the world and then making people safer. Nowadays, when people come to you, are they already scared? Have they already been victims of something? Or nowadays, is it just because what they see on Instagram, TikTok, Twitter, where, where, Facebook, wherever it is, if you log on and you see something, 
it can have a major impact. You don't have to have been physically attacked. Is that the case these days? So in short, I can tell you that it's always been the case that fear is always the greater motivator to, for training. Um, that's definitely the number one reason. Most people don't have perfect life and I just want to know how to fight. Uh, something happened and that was a motivator for them uh, to act. I can only imagine how many people want to train and don't dare to try. And that's probably the majority. But now what's going on, I feel like it's surrounding you. Now that we're, social media is so available for us in the palm of our hands and even our, you know, we can watch it in bed. And you feel there's no safe space because you, you consume this information everywhere. You can disconnect from it. And you also see the amount of people supporting an anti-Semitic post um, and the level of, of hater, hatred that, that, that is allowed. It's, it's on, in fact, it's the only form of racism that is still cool in 2023. Um, you can't say anything about anyone except from against Jews. So that's a bigger motivator. And now for the first time in history, I can tell you that the influx of Jews coming in is just, I've, I've never seen that before. This is beyond anything I could ever imagine. And just to be clear, I, I don't even advertise. I, I do absolutely zero marketing effort. And I've been busier this, this past 40 days more than ever before. And that's not why you're coming on the podcast either. No, I, I just really like David. <laughs> well, well, I like no, you too. I, well, good. <laughs> I like him too. Um, but the interesting part about it, and it's a question for both of you guys, there has been an influx in places like Long Island, New York, where gun purchases have tripled. And there have been studies that have shown that you know, Jews are finding other ways to defend themselves. Should you be advertising? Because I hate to say it, that upsets me almost as much as the anti-Semitism that we see every day. I can tell you that I, I don't feel, I almost feel bad that this is the reason why this past month was good for business. Because I'm not I'm not in the business of making money. I'm, I mean, obviously, I, who doesn't like to make money, but... I'm in the business of making the world a safer place. I have a mission. My, my mission doesn't include the, uh, uh, a number attached to it. I, by the end of the day, you know, I, I don't, when it's time for me to pass away to the next world, you don't take the money with you, right? Like, but what you've done in the world, the, the changes and make the world a better place, that's what stays here. Is it safe to assume that many of the people who come to you are not just interested in Krav Maga because it's a particularly effective form of fighting and self-defense, but because it's Israeli? And at this point in time, they're looking for that kind of a connection. So that is also true. Um, I noticed that people are definitely looking for, for me more than my staff. Um, and for our business more than other businesses because we because we're also not afraid to take a stand as a as a business i've had 
very, very, very few people that said, oh, well, I want to cancel my, my membership with you, or I'm not going to continue, or I'm not going to rejoin, or I'm not going to join um, a business that is supporting Israel in that conflict. And my answer to that is, the door is there. Leave. I don't want your money, and I don't want you present here. Because if you are supporting terror directly or indirectly, I am not going to train you. Because I am here to help people walk in peace. And what you are doing by supporting Hamas is that you are supporting terror, even if you don't understand that you do. And you are making many people unsafe. And now let me tell you, actually, I have two very, very, very good stories for you. Please. In the day of jihad, right, we had, was it? A week after the, uh, the attack, they had the audacity to declare uh, a rage day against Jewish people all around the world after the atrocities, which is unthinkable. Right? And, and I'm and I since since October seventh, I'm walking around in rage. I am not finding peace in me to just like be relaxed and cool like everybody around me can feel that even my kids unfortunately like i have very easy to like pick me off and uh, and i understand it's it's ptsd and not even having the ability to process those feelings those feelings don't even have words um and feeling humiliated personally almost by what happened when we said never again and we failed. And that day that they declared the, the day of jihad, a woman in, while I'm teaching a class and wearing a, a, an I support Israel shirt, I usually you know teach in a Krav Maga shirt, but um, I decided that would be more appropriate. And uh, a woman in a hijab, walked into my studio while I'm teaching. Um, and my first instinct was like, oh my God, she's a suicide bomber. Because I have seen this play out before, uh, you know, 20 years earlier in my service. Yeah. And so I, I'm looking at my front desk guy and it's like separate him from her bag. <laughs> Not that it's going to do much. It's in such a small place. But um, if... She has any explosive device in her bag, which seemed to be large enough. Um, I was concerned, but I couldn't. As a leader, you know, you don't want to go to the doctor and see the doctor and like, "Oh my God, David, like you're going to die." Uh, you yeah. don't want to see the doctor kind of chilled. So, like in my in my mind, I'm like thinking of the worst, but I have to present like even kill to the rest of them. Of course, so I. Asked her to like leave, leave your shoe, leave your your bag in the cubbies, and I'll uh, I'll be with you when I'm done with class. And she patiently waited, which surprised me. Um. And uh, asked, "What can I do for you?" She said, "I'm here to learn Krav Maga from you." So really, today, of all days, like I haven't had a woman in a hijab in the studio since 2020, since the beginning of 2020. I've had women from Gaza. I have women from Iran. 
I have still have women from Saudi Arabia and any Arabic country you can think of. Even one of my favorite students is a guy from Egypt, but I am not, I'm not a, a tree hugger. Okay, let's put it this way. I, I, my, I have my feet on the ground, but I judge people by their values. I don't care which God they pray to. And uh, when I told her, like, what is it that you want from me? And she said she wants to learn. I said, first, you have to understand where I stand. I stand with Israel unconditionally. And I am saying that as a business and as a business owner and as a person. I'm not hiding the fact that I stand for peace for the Jewish people and for everyone else. But in order for peace to happen, we have to eradicate the savages that did what they did and those who support them. And there will be no peace before that. So be clear, I'm taking a very clear stand. And she said, I'm very intimidated by it. And so like, you shouldn't be intimidated. You walked into my studio. If it was the other way around, if I walked into a, a studio who is owned by a Muslim, I wouldn't be welcome. You are welcome here. As long as you want to walk in peace, as you're not inciting violence, so you're not here to instigate or talk politics. You want to walk in peace because you feel unsafe, I will serve you. But that's the only condition I have. You know, you brought that up. And I, I just wanted to interject. Uh, I was struggling recently uh, because I have friends who are Muslim. And I have resisted searching their Twitter history. I, I didn't want to know because I like them. And it's not because I need something from them. They're colleagues. They're work colleagues. They're people who I have lived aside and I accidentally saw a tweet and I don't know what misinformation he has. I know he's not a bigot, but he wants a ceasefire. He just wants you can start it. The war, but you cannot finish it. You're a coward. Well, that's, that's the is. thing, right? Yeah. That's the thing. And I, yeah, but I don't want to engage because I, I'm not going to convince him. And if I spend all my days trying to convince everybody about the elephant in the room, but that's, that's a whole job. other form of defense. Yeah, That's our job right now. Anyone we can change, anyone that is slightly on the fence, and we can bring facts to them and they can make sense, it's our job to do so. I cannot change everyone. I can change 5, 10, 20 people. You can change 2 or 3 or 4 or 5. And David can change another 20. It doesn't matter. But we can change whoever we can reach. And these people can eventually change others. We were losing almost intentionally in that front of educating the crowd. We neglected it. As I said in the very beginning, we accepted anti-Semitism as a fact. And we didn't do anything to educate. And now this is blowing in our faces. We must educate people. What is, what are the values of the Jewish people? What are the values of the Israelis? What is the value of the IDF? And that we are not like them. 
and all the, the woke people from the West that really believe that the radical Islam have the same values as they do. They're just poor and oppressed people because they really like that narrative. They're they are next. That's what they're, what they're doing is they're they're putting their own way of thinking into someone else's head and assuming that someone else thinks the same way that yeah. they do. But as soon as they can kill them, they will. Yeah. Like all the LGBTQ for for uh, Hamas. You're kidding me? Like, do you know what they do to gay people there? Right. And, and you know, we have this obligation to the Jewish people to speak up, but to be clear. It's not just Jews who are being attacked and held hostage by Hamas. The the Palestinians who are not in favor of annihilation of our people, like these are people who are being, they're innocent people who are also being held captive by this terrorist entity in charge. Some degree, if we could educate everyone about the reality, there it's more than just our people who would benefit from it. Unfortunately, I, I would even like, I would say that all of the people who are held, in, held captive are, innocent even if they're soldiers because yeah. even if they're even combative soldiers still what israel don't have a choice but yeah. having people defending the country young 18 years old kids defending the country Walda Mayer said it very clearly 50 years ago she said there will be no peace with the arabs until they will love their children more than they hate us. And if the Jews lay down their weapons, there will be no Jews. But if the Arabs will lay down their weapons, there will be no war. That didn't change. And we're just reliving this reality. I want to tell you another... Before that, though, you still have to finish the last story. What happened to the woman after this conversation about values? Did she come? She Is said she, she will come, up? and I, um, I said sure. Start anytime. Usually, I you know I, I would help, uh, you know, help set up a membership and you know instruct my staff to help. And so, like, just let her be whenever she wants to come. She'll come. Like I, we didn't set like a follow up to it, um, because I felt that it's just. I I don't want to invite. People that can be negative. Although she seemed lovely, I feel that coming at that day, the day of rage, to the studio might be also a trap, or maybe she wanted to be rejected. Um, so I don't know, because I've seen that happen before in, in other forms. Um, it's the United States, you can sue for discrimination whenever you want. Um, but coincidences also need to be taken seriously. We don't have the luxury of not taking yeah. coincidences seriously. She is welcome to come back whenever she wants to, but I, I don't need to follow up. Um, I have enough work um, now more than ever before. But the other story I wanted to tell you uh, was concerning uh, but also has a good ending and a good message to anyone who is listening. So uh, last, well, two Wednesdays ago, so what the, what was the date? Um, it was the 15th, November 15th. Um, I was walking down the street 
like outside my studio on 100th Street in Broadway. And just said goodbye to some of my instructors um, 10 minutes earlier, holding um, my both of my kids' hands. I have two kids, one eight and one six years old. Um, two amazing boys. And uh, suddenly someone attacked us. Like he came came to us um, with a ripped uh, poster of the people who were, were kidnapped. And he came like straight into my personal space. And you, I didn't assume, I didn't see that happening because, you know, you're naturally your brain is profiling anybody you see around you. It's like, this is a threat? No, this is a threat? Yes, yes, yes. Okay, and to like step away from that, right? So he didn't look like a threat. The, it's a white boy, probably mid-40s, well-dressed. And uh, he came into my personal space so close you could tell that's with the intention to provoke. I said, what do you think of this? And I said, I think you should put it back. Why do you take it down? And, um, and then he got very physical right away. I don't remember how that played out. I remember thinking of my kids, like hiding my kids behind me and like dodging a punch. And the next thing that happened, I like my body reacted and didn't what I had to do. Um, but while I do this, I think, oh my God, I don't want my kids to see violence. And then he started yelling, oh my God, you hit me. And she's like, well, you hit me first. You just missed. And, and um, he tried to engage again and, and my kids started crying and like freak out. I mean, they never witnessed violence and they never seen me violent. I mean, they, they see me on the mat all the time, but they didn't see intent behind my movement. Um, and the guy tried to engage again. And I said, like, if you come closer, I will hit you again. And, and he did. So I kicked him in the groin as I teach. Um, and then suddenly I saw a police car. I stopped the police car. And he, first he was trying to blame me for hitting him. And I said, like, well, do the math. See two kids crying. And this idiot with a torn poster in his hand, what do you think happened? Um, so, you know, they gave me the lecture of you can't hit people if they're thinking you know, differently than you. So I didn't engage in the conversation. I didn't engage in violence. Like, look at my kids. Do you think I would have engaged in violence or in any conversation? Um, anyway, they let me go. Um, and I believe he didn't get anything from them either. But uh, two days later, another person across the street from my studio on 100th Street, right in front of Anshay Chesed, the, the congregation there, got punched in the face. And he wasn't as lucky um, right. for the same reason. And that is extremely concerning to me. I... I defined it very clearly to my boys because I had to explain to them what is anti-Semitism now. Like, I didn't want to share this idea with them until now because they don't understand the difference. We don't pray at home. I mean, we do Kiddush on Shabbat and, and we 
we keep semi-kosher. Um, it's kind of my definition of kosher. <laughs> and, <laughs> and just... I That's know, a I don't whole think... other podcast that I'd love to yeah. do. <laughs> yeah. I, I don't think... Seth, when we're not in times of war, we can have an episode or two. I was going to be season eating. two. I, I know, man. <laughs> season yeah. two, the great food of the Jews. I think it's a matter of identity. The, the, being being uh, what you eat is part of, of your culture. And I don't think they'll go to hell if they eat pork. I just, I don't eat pork because I was raised not to. Um, but it, I decided to keep that tradition of not eating not kosher food in the sense of, you know, uh, shellfish and, and pork, etc. Because it's part of my identity. That reminds me that I'm different, always. And that's what will remind my kids that they are different than their kids in the classroom because otherwise they don't see any different. Yeah. So I want them to know why. And I introduced this idea of anti-Semitism to them, obviously not to its full extent. It's a lot to digest for a child. But I explained to them that the only reason why I punched this guy back was that I would never let anyone hurt me or them for the reason of anti-Semitism. Because I will stand up for it. And I will do whatever I need to do to make sure that anyone who is trying to attack us for that reason is getting paid back. You know, I'm still talking about what happened with them every couple of days and like see where they stand on this because it's a teachable moment for them to know that their dad is a protector and I will always be. And I am my Jewish identity now more than ever is my pride. And I will never be ashamed to wear my identity and nobody, nobody will scare us. Nobody will hide us. And we will not be victims. We're strong and we will always be strong and, and we will remain peaceful. And I, you know, I say this a lot to my students, and I don't want to live by my sword, but I'm ready to use one. One of training Krav Maga in order to, to be violent or to fight back. It's more of the idea of how we carry ourselves. And, and to be so good, uh, this is a quote from Emil Lichtenfeld, the, the founder of Krav Maga, to be so good so you don't have to kill. So you don't have to hurt someone if you don't must. And, you know, when I posted this uh, story on Instagram of what happened, and I got a lot of, uh, like, over 250 uh, comments, like, right away. It was pretty instant. Um, I think the only post that got more attention uh, from, from this one was, uh, you know, when I joined the Avengers a few years ago. <laughs> Other than that, this Wait, what? Yeah. You trained... Wait, tell... Please, you have to tell us. That's a different you know, that, uh, Yeah, but Seth has a superhero podcast, so you <laughs> you can't you can't leak that without telling us more. Please, I, I have um, I've worked with uh, I'm I'm working with with actors as part of the uh, their training, and um, I had the the honor, still have the honor to work with uh, the Winter Soldier. Oh. Um, he's a wonderful friend. And uh, he's a, an amazing human being. 
we're still very close friends. Um, so yeah, so when I took a couple of uh, videos and photos with him, that was like, you know, broke my Instagram completely. Um, but, you know, it surpassed anything that, uh, else that I ever done. But that video that I made telling my story was definitely my, my second, second best. Now, I don't care about the likes. I don't care about the comments. But I care about educating the crowd. And some of the comments were, you stinky Jew, Hitler didn't finish his work. And most of the comments were very positive. And a lot of them were either with text messages, emails, um, direct messages on Instagram or comments. Like, I wish I would have seen that. I want to see you turn this guy into a pretzel. And I had to make another post a couple of days later. It's like, guys, it's not about turning people into pretzels my responsibility as much as i am angry and enraged is to not fight or to do the minimum damage i need to do to use skills like just like when you take a pledge when you when you join the army that you will honor the weapon and you will not hurt anyone that is innocent anyone that you don't have to hurt the same thing with with physical skills you should never hurt someone unless you must. And when you do, do the minimum damage required until you can walk home safely. And I could tell you that this guy that attacked us was not trained. It, it, it didn't need much. Um, luckily, he wasn't trained. Yeah. Just shows you the motivation. Of, I mean, most guys think that they can you know, beat up anyone until they hit reality. Can I make one superhero comment? Sure. <laughs> Your story is better than Shang-Chi in The Legend of the Ten Rings. <laughs> That's Sorry, fantastic. I couldn't, resist. I couldn't resist. That's a good movie. <laughs> it's a good movie. I don't want anybody to think I didn't like the movie. I do like the movie, but, you know, if the shoe fits. This is a better story, and this is real. Um. Sai, how are you feeling as an Israeli living in the States right now with the war going on? Wow, I have so many feelings that some of them don't have a name. But, you know, in Israel, you don't feel anti-Semitism. You hear the news, and the news obviously amplifies everything, usually. Um, but you don't feel hatred at Jews in the street because you're among people that are like you. Um, but here I feel different and I make a point to wear the I support Israel uh, t-shirt when I'm walking down the street because I am not going to let anyone make me feel scared for being who I am, for being Israeli, for supporting my people and um, you know it's the first time that uh, I went to DC last week and uh, for a couple of hours and I, I put that feeling on um, with the background of uh, uh, the, the Capitol building and I posted it and I feel that, you know, putting the feeling on is, is like, it's a very private moment. It's, it's very intimate. It's, it's, a, it's a moment of, of it's sacred. And 
I don't do this often, and let alone in public, but I felt that this is the time to show them that, yeah, be Jewish and don't be afraid. And I'm, I'm okay with getting hit. I don't want to get hit, but I'm okay with, with getting punches, but definitely not okay with feeling fear. Because throughout history, we've seen one thing as a fact. Any group of people that procrastinated in responding to violence had to deal with more violence, bigger violence, and not on my watch. So I'm educating the crowd. And unfortunately, as much as I want to scream my truth and call people idiots and you know use so many other names to their you know very loud opinions that speak mistruth and spreading lies. I know that if I scream back, they will not hear me. So sometimes it takes me a minute to respond, but I respond with facts. And people forget that the only reason why the Jewish people have a, a state is because we lost six million of us because of a genocide that was unprecedented. And, and since we've had so many wars every decade, not one. Um, in the past couple of decades, we had a few every decade, every, every few years. Um, and all we want is to just live in peace. And the anti-Semitism is just an excuse to but what happens in Israel right now has nothing to do with anti-Semitism. But now there's this new, I don't know if you heard of this open letter from to America from bin Laden. I've heard of it. I haven't read it yet. Well, it's a, it's a, to, to, for the listener, uh, it's something that was found 20 years ago that was public knowledge. It was in the news in 2002. It has resurfaced on things like TikTok. Uh because people are searching for propaganda. Yeah. And so I've seen and this. Bin Laden. I mean, that's. We're looking at them. If, the you, have, if you have the word Osama bin Laden in your social media, there's something really wrong with you. Oh, yeah. completely. So people had, I, I didn't read it and I refused to read it. But um, I don't feel that that's part of education. Um, and I only get frustrated when I read, you know, so, so much part of my French, but it's crap. And, uh, wait, are you saying crap as in the French dessert, uh, or history <laughs> or another kind of crap? Another kind of crap. <laughs> okay. Just, oh, we're going to do Since you words? said, pardon my French, I had to make sure <laughs> that we knew what French word you were saying. And, uh, the people who are posting about this are young American students who probably didn't live in 2021 and 2020 or 2021. Um, and they just have no idea what they're talking about. They yeah. didn't feel that pain, the national pain of, of losing 
thousands of people in in a horrifying attack on this the center of the universe in New York City. And they are finding this attack as justified because the United States stood up by the Israelis. Well, the parallel is um, it took years for Holocaust deniers to surface. It took minutes this time. Yeah, I mean, now we have technology for it to take right. minutes, but, but, you know, Albert Einstein said, there are two things that has no end, the universe and the human stupidity, but I'm not sure about the universe. And he was brilliant, wasn't he? He was. And he That's was how like, you end a podcast. <laughs> so last question, Sai, as much as I want to spend hours chatting with you, and we'll have to spend more of that soon, uh, hopefully for good reason, like just meeting up rather than anti-Semitism and war. If people want to learn with you, what should they do? If they want to come and learn with me, all they have to do is look, look for Kramaga experts in the Upper West Side. Uh, I'm there. I'm all, I also have a studio in Brooklyn and Park Slope. Um, the link I, is in the show notes for the record. Um, but I can apologize first that I don't have time to take more people in private um so i have a wonderful staff and we have group classes as well um and we are you know we're blessed to have the the trust of so many people um i share a lot of my opinions and uh, my experiences on instagram i used to hide myself from social media and like use that only as a you know as a company account but i think now it's time to take a stand and because the world has changed forever and I am changed forever and I'm doing it for my kids so they can walk with pride and not hide my, not hide themselves and their identity because they have long life to live hopefully thank you so much for taking the time and the insanity of these days to meet with us uh, I think people have a lot to learn from you and it's really important to get your voice with your particular set of skills and experiences out there. So we're very grateful to you, Tsai. Thank you. And I always uh, am grateful for your friendship and uh, your kindness, as always. And um, I hope to see you very soon. That would be great. Thank you, my friend. Thank you. Well, that was fascinating. I think the most important part for you is it was not the anti-Semitism. It was not about Israel. That was entirely about the training of the Winter Soldier. Yeah, I, I, I'm very interested in knowing that that's how Marvel fights. That's that's pretty incredible. No, I look, he's very passionate. It's a fantastic story. And his ability to walk into conflict, I think you and I were both like our jaws hit the ground when he's telling these stories about people that come in front of his store. Um, just a fascinating guy. Uh, I'd love to talk to him more. I mean, I fully believe it as someone who has attended a workshop with him and definitely had bruises on my forearms to prove his amazing skill in uh, combat. We had a lot of congregants who had to take a lot of Tylenol the next day, but everyone uh, thoroughly benefited from that class. So we'll put the, his information in our show notes. And again, please help us out by reviewing the podcast on Apple and sharing this with everyone you know. As long as you like it. If you don't like it, then 
That's your frog. Keep your thoughts to yourself. (laughs) Until next week, be safe.